0: Old school nerds, baby. Old school nerds. That's right. It is happy hour. And Steve-O's, what is Happy Life Studios? Explain to people what Happy Life Studios is. Happy
1: Life Studios is a studio. It's a way of spreading a message. Uh, We're happypreneurs. We find creative ways not to make money, but creative ways to make people happy, to bring hope, to bring joy, happiness, to bring peace into their life. And so... We started Happy Life Studios, which just is a it's a way for us to spread our story as well as spread the stories of others out there. There's there's all sorts of modern day heroes that no one would see as heroes. But Joe, you and I, we have the same definition. We came with that definition together. Or maybe I just copy your definition of a hero, which is
0: someone who does the right thing at the, at the right, right time. time.
1: For the right right reason. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so what we want to do with Happy Life Studios is not just spread more happy and teach people how to be happy despite, because a lot of people, their happiness is based upon their circumstances. And that's a terrible way to live. Circumstances, I don't know about yours, but mine never cooperate, right? (laughs) You know, we always say, why does that have to happen to me? Well, life does that, right? But there's a way that we can be happy despite whatever comes. And those are the people that are unshakable. Those are the people, we all know them. And I'm trying to become like that, you know, right. so we not only want to spread what happy is and how to get there, but find the people out there that are monitor heroes that are invisible, that no one else knows and, and find a way to share the, share their lives, share their stories, you know, with other people, which is why I'm super excited about, you know, what we want to talk about today.
0: Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. That the word story has come up a lot uh, lately, in things that I'm listening to, and perhaps I've just been tuned into that. Um, but even, uh, this morning, I was listening to a podcast by Lewis Howes. He, he hosts a podcast called School of Greatness, and he brought up an interview that he did with, uh, Kobe Bryant before Kobe passed away and was just asking Kobe about his own story about how did he develop into the Kobe Bryant that we all know publicly. And of course, there's way more to the story behind the scenes, sure. as there always is and the challenges he faced. And uh, one of the things that jumped out at me was that Kobe was playing in this uh, particular league when he was in, uh, I think he was 12 years old. He was like a summer league and there was a lot of pressure on him because his dad was a pro basketball player. And he said he played the whole season and didn't score a single point. I hadn't heard this story before. For real. Wow. Yeah. And Lewis house says Kobe Bryant. How could that even be true? He says, and Kobe said in his words, cause I was terrible. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. And Lewis is like, you didn't ever make a layup, you didn't like a make a stray free throw or anything. He says, No, zero points. And then two things that Kobe said that really stood at me. And he said uh, that his dad, former NBA star, former NBA player, said, Kobe, I don't care if you score 60 points or zero points, that's not gonna affect how much I love you. So he had this support cool. system, right? This loving, unconditional love from his dad. Um, and then He also, Kobe said, and so I realized that I'm not going to catch these athletes who have developed faster than I have in a week. I might not catch them in a month, but if I stick with it long enough, um, I'll I'll, I'll catch up. And of course he did and became one of the all-time greats. Uh, And so it was really interesting to hear, you know, oftentimes we get caught up in what a person has become now. We don't necessarily know the backstory. And so then there's becomes this myth around people that somehow yeah. they came out of the womb as superstars and they had it all yeah. together. But, but the library is filled with stories, right? The story of people who like the rest of us, they were born a baby with no particular you know superpowers other than the life that's in them. And through the progression of life and overcoming obstacles and learning and being supported and all the things that make each of our stories unique and great, then they they grew into, you know, the the Kobe Bryants or whomever that we talk about. And I love the fact that you made a good point, Steve, that not not all heroes are in the storybooks. Not all heroes are on yeah. the front page. Heroes yeah. really are us growing into the potential that we have, right? Through yeah. the ups and downs and the challenges of life.
1: Yeah. There's something endearing about a person who does the right thing at the right time for the right reason the person that tries to help people but doesn't want to be in the front doesn't want to be noticed doesn't want to be doesn't want the accolades or something you know endearing to that and the story I like about uh Kobe that you mentioned is Kobe practiced to get that way he wasn't just born with the talent he didn't have the talent or it was hidden in there but it was just and he was one of the hardest working Michael Jordan too were some of the hardest working people uh, on the planet let alone you know, in basketball, but that made me feel good to realize that he didn't score for a whole season. That's, that's, and that just makes us feel good when we see somebody else's story. But our story is what makes us, you know, who we are. I, I went out for basketball in ninth grade. I was, I was the youngest one in my class. My parents put me in, they had, they had to decide would I be the oldest person if I, they helped me back, or to be the youngest if they put me in, you know, right beginning of September. And so, man, I, 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 I developed late um i was just the nerd of the class you want to talk about old school nerds i was the nerd before nerds were cool before it was hip to be square as huey lewis would say you know okay. and it was about eighth or ninth grade something like that i went out for basketball just so um i could get myself in shape or whatever but the first of all the the you know they, they'd run the lines where you'd have to run to half court then back and then three quarters court then back you know I was so slow that they're all mad at me because I'm running one way and they're all coming back already. Right. And I'm in the way, right. They're always had to shoot free or run more or shoot free throws because I could never get back in time. Cause I was slow. I was uncoordinated and they put me in one game and they threw me the ball. I didn't, I couldn't make a shot. I couldn't make a shot if there was nobody on me and they threw the ball at me and it was like sharks in water, right? It was like throwing chum in the water. I mean, when I got the ball, they just hovered around me and, and so I just like threw the ball up in the air like way one-handed and I was way over almost by the three point line I was probably I don't know 15 20 feet out there and some 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 miraculous way it went in I don't even I don't even I, I was just like I was trying to get rid of the ball and it and it went in and uh yeah. and of course no one everyone was shocked everyone was but then years later in college you know we went to college together and I tried out for the basketball team there Um, I had a lot of friends on the team. And again, I just wanted to get in shape. But I remember um, I would always travel with the team and I would dress up and we would dress up like nerds to bring more life to the game. Right. And we got the crowd a lot more hype than the cheerleaders ever would, Right. (laughs) And so I remember one time they went on a a trip to Chicago and they're playing a lot of inner city schools. And um, man, it was like we were in the hood, right? And here I am, this skinny little. I just went along. They let me travel with the team just because they knew I would add a lot of hype to the game. And I'm just and all of <laughs> a sudden, you know, I asked the coach if I could dress up with them. And so I, I'm this nerd and I grabbed the largest pair of shorts, the largest, I didn't grab them. That's all that was left. The largest jersey, I put them on and I was 135, 140 pounds, six foot one, six foot two, something like that. <laughs> and these shorts, we so big. They had that big loop on my, put the loop around my head, the shorts were up to like grandpa up to my belly button, you know, and the shirt was way too large. And I'm just acting, acting like I'm cool. I'm just acting like, you know, I don't even know. And so we're doing the layup drills and, and I'm, and people are dunking, you know, we're in the inner city, man. It was just, there were some ballers there, man. And I would go and I'd ram the ball on the bottom of the rim and act like I dunked and I would go strutting off and the crowd was just going nuts, you know? So then while the game is going on, you Know I'm still I'm sitting on the bench and I'm I'm acting like a monkey at the end of the bench and I'm sitting I'm on the chair and I'm just making all sorts of faces and noises. And then I decided I looked at the coach coaches like, hey coach, coach, hey, anytime you're ready, i am ready. Whenever whenever you want me. And these weren't they were non-league games, so it was just to get our team better. Right. So we upped the uh the competition and I kept saying, Coach, hey, I'm I'm ready. If you ever need, you know, if you need someone, I'm 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 ready. I don't know if he just got tired of it or what, but he looked at the end of the bench and he said Hayes and he pointed at me, says, Hayes, get in there. And at that point, he called my bluff, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going in there, man. I, there's no way I'm going in there. And he looked at me and said, Hayes, get in there. And I was, it was like a regular coach that would scare you, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I go in there, right? And it, again, it was like sharks in the water. They saw me and they're like, oh, we're taking this dude out, you know? They would pass it to me and I'd pass it back as quick as I could. It was like I was just a wall that would bounce off me. They pass, I pass it back. And every time they pass it to me, the crowd would go, shoot, shoot, you know, and the coach would go, shoot, Hayes. And I'd pass it back. I'd pass it back. And finally, they pass it to me. And the, and the coach said, shoot it, Hayes. And I, I, I like, I traveled the whole deal. They didn't call it. I went up and somehow the shot went in. But this time, the crowd, they, <laughs> they, they went ballistic, man, because they know, they know who I was, who I was, you know, they knew what I did for the games and stuff. And yeah. yeah so your Kobe story kind of, we're talking about our story, right? That's, that's kind of my story. If it goes in the hoop, it's by accident,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Well, it just reminds me uh, that we all have a journey that uh, has uh, developments along the way. And sometimes we crash and burn. Sometimes we throw it up out of desperation and it goes in. Right. By There's accident, just no no way sometimes. to predict it. Yeah. yeah. When I was, when I was in junior high, uh, I think it was ninth grade. I, I I would try it out for the team and the basketball team and I, I made the team, but I was probably the worst guy on the team. So, you know, number 15 out of 15, I think they actually had me dress every other game and the, and the games when I wasn't dressed in uniform, I was like the towel boy or something like that. And I only got in the game if we were a zillion points ahead or a zillion points behind when it wouldn't make any difference. Right. <laughs> and I had, I think a total of three points on the season. Um, but, but like you and like me, I, I could have, quit, or Kobe for that matter, he could have quit after that first season when he scored zero and said, that this isn't for me, I apparently I'm not a basketball player, and who knows where Kobe's life right. would have been, and and how much joy and entertainment he's brought to the world, not to mention all the other things that he did with his, his life before he passed way too early. But that's that reminder, right? That invitation that nobody's great at something the first time they try it. <laughs> you become great at right. something through persistence, mm-hmm. right? Through practice, through changing your mentality, right? Kobe's could have said, I'll never be as good as the others. Or he said "With to himself, with time, energy, effort, intention, work, I will become not just as good as, but better than the others. And he actually said it only surprising to him, by the time he was 14, he was outplaying most of those guys that played around him right. when he was 12. Right. So you never know how long it's going to take. Uh, but there's just something very powerful about understanding that with um, that, that failure isn't uh, a, a life sentence. Failure isn't permanent, right? right. Failure is a, uh, it's a calling. It's, it's a striking a match saying, is this something that you really want to do? And if so, will you work hard enough to become good at it? I mean, fact, think about it. If Kobe could have said he didn't score at all. He could have just said
1: basketball wasn't for me. And yep. and we, when most of us know, you know, the whole story of Michael Jordan, greatest of all time, right? He, he didn't even make the team he, when he tried out. He didn't even make the basketball team when he tried out, you know, and he came right. back with a vengeance and said, I'm going to make this team. So yeah, I mean, failure is not fatal, right? Unless we give up. It's
0: yeah. 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 Both of those guys and among others that are great, all, always outworked those around them, not just to lord it over somebody, hey, I, I cannot work you, but understanding that it would take the work in order to become right. really good at what they do. Right. I think I heard, Serena, uh, I remember the story of John Maxwell, who's a leadership guru and considered one of the great speakers of our generation. A little boy came up to him after one of his talks and kind of hugged him around the legs and says, I want to do what you do when I grow up. And John Maxwell turned to the guys that were with him. He said to the little boy, he "says Well, in order to get where I am, you have to go through what I've gone through, right?" And that's that. Uh, right. Of course, the little boy wouldn't understand, but boy, do, do, did I understand when I was hearing John tell the story. Is that um, I, I I just really take a lot of courage, and I want to share this courage, this encouragement with those around us that are that are tuning in. Is that you know we often think that the destination is either instantaneous or that if we aren't anywhere close to that destination whatever that goal might be then it's unattainable but those are those are false narratives those are those aren't the conclusions that we have to make maybe the conclusion is if i'm willing to stick with it and keep learning and growing and course correcting and believing that i can that in time right in time i will become good at whatever it is that i am focused on. Focused on. You know, can we go back
1: and talk a little bit about the idea, what you said before about how we tend to only pay attention to the stories of those who, quote unquote, whatever it means to make it, right? Yeah, but right. really, it's the people that the media highlights, or the social media highlights, the people that make more money or throw a ball farther or shoot a ball better or, you know, uh, can sell this better. superstars right we all pay attention to their stories and so we tend to think that well my story is nothing then we quantify right Mm -hmm. i'm not popular like them and and that's a mindset that we need to get rid of in my opinion that's a mindset that is huge in america i don't know if it's like what it's like in the rest of the world maybe someone can jump in and kind of let us know but i think a lot of it is because america is basically we're a consumer-based society right which is all about performance. So we reward those with high performance, but what about the other four players on the team, right? What about the people that, that have just as much going for them, but they never made it. They didn't have somebody that put them on the stage or on the platform or said, check this guy out. You know, they put maybe even put more work in creating that video or, or um, working on that, that item. And, and it, it just never sold. It wasn't the right place at the right time or whatever, and so we, we tend to think that the people that are popular, the people that are famous, the people that are rich, the people that are successful, their stories matter, but ours doesn't because right. we're not as big as them. And I, I just, that's a mindset. I think that, I mean, your story matters because you matter and you are your story. Your story is you.
0: Yes, 100%. That's a perfect segue. I'm glad that you're going there. That's where I wanted this conversation to go. And that is the reminder to all of us that there is no person in the history of the universe that has the same exact story that you do or that I do. There never will be, right? Even identical twins who may appear identical on on the outside are having their own individual experience. And it's, to me, that's such a sign that we've each been given a very unique, you know, eye signature, fingerprint, voice print, right, uh, a, a specific time and place in this universe and all of the variables and experiences that are happening around us, the gifts, talents, abilities that we've been given innately, those that we develop, all of those are uniquely ours. And I think what gets lost in the media, right, is that, and in our minds, is that the more rare something is, the more valuable it is. And so that alone tells me right. that your story and my story, they're to be compared as to whose is better as to worse, but to celebrate the fact that I have a story that nobody else has or ever has had. And I don't have to be ashamed of that. I don't have to compare it to anybody or anybody else because there is no comparison. As you often say, you can't compare the apples and the oranges because we each have our own unique awesome sauce. right? And it's continuing to develop. Every experience, everything that happens, everything that we learn, everything that we go through, everything that we feel is a absolutely unique experience to each one of us. And that's by design. Right? We are valuable because we are. Because we are unique. Because we are fearfully, as the Bible would say, fearfully and wonderfully made by by our Creator. There's no extra people on the planet. I don't remember who said that, but I love that's that good. idea. There, There are there are no extra people on the planet. You are here for a reason, which makes you extremely valuable because of your unique story. Can you say that again about the rare, the rarity
1: and the value? That was so good. I want to type it up, actually. What is it that you said again about that? The value of well, something by how rare it is?
0: Yeah. You know, economics, basic economics says that the more rare something is, the more valuable it is, right? And so if there's something is produced in mass and there's zillions of them, they're all identical, then the value goes down. But when something is produced and there is only one of them, right, and that makes it extremely rare, which makes it, you know, extremely valuable. Collectors know this, that having one of one is way more valuable than having one of a zillion. And if you think about that from kind of the cosmic view, you can look back at yourself and say, I am one of one. Yes, I do share lots of commonalities with the humanity and I have have common experiences. I have common emotions, but the way my story unfolds, that's why I think the story is such an important concept here. The way my story is unfolding, the way your story is unfolding is absolutely a one of one story. Nobody else, nobody else has the exact same experience that we do. And and I think it's too easy to overlook that, to downplay it, to compare it, to think that it's not as valuable as somebody else's, but you can't compare unique one one of one to another one of one. They are both extremely unique, rare, and therefore valuable. I love that whole idea. You are one of one.
1: So talk to us about why, why is this, why does a story matter? So I matter. I'm one of one, which makes me extremely makes me extremely valuable, right? I am one of one. There is no one else. That is like me. One of my favorite quotes is by General George Patton, who said, if everyone is thinking alike, someone isn't thinking. And there's another (laughs) quote. I don't know if if it's unknown. I don't know who said it, but it says, why why try to fit in when you were born to stand out, right? Mm -hmm. You were born and we spend so much of our time trying to be like other people, trying to be like somebody else. And I think maybe that is, I mean, we know that we matter. I mean, I think for the most part, people, well, I don't know, they might not believe it, but I think if someone says you matter, yeah, 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 I know, right? Well, if you matter, because you do, you're one of one, well, then your story matters, because your story is who you are. I mean, agree or disagree with that.
0: Right. So I I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I I think that's why I want to dig into kind of the more details about our own story and invite people who are listening to think about how their own story is unfolding, right? All of the experiences that I've experienced to date have brought me to this place in time, right? I am the accumulation, you might say, of my story of all of the experiences that I've experienced. And quite honestly, you could even pull back a little bit further and say that the DNA and the history and all the things that had to happen before I was even born had to come together just the way they did in order for me to even exist. Right. right. Yeah. So, so that's really important. Uh, I think for it's so easy to, as you said, compare with others to wish that, you know, my story was like theirs or that I, I could have their story instead of mine, but that's really a devaluation of how important and unique each one of our lives are, right. right? Yeah. That there's, there's no way any of us could have the exact same experience and that uniqueness makes it makes it very valuable. Yeah, I'm reading a I'm reading a a, a book right now. Actually, it's
1: on it's on audio, so I'm listening to it in my car when I'm out driving around. And sometimes I'll just drive around for a couple hours to listen to it. It's so good. Um, but there's I'm getting halfway through the the book and it was making me angry because this person in the book, the main character, was being abused, was being mistreated, was being ignored, was the people were manipulating this person. Then someone else comes in to rescue this person from the other person who was just brutally manipulating them. And then this one slowly, and you can see it. You, when you're reading the book, you can see it happening. I'm like that you're going to get sucked in by this guy. And this guy is doing only a different way. And I'm getting mad because I'm like, I want there to be a resolution. Right. And I almost quit. I've read this author many times, one of my favorite authors and Christine said don't quit you know this author always you know but i wanted to give up the book cuz i'm like you you got to come to resolution this person is just getting taken advantage of and they're kind of being like you just want to say can you wake up <laughs> right and i the story was getting, making me mad but i knew i had i'd only gone through half of the cd's i knew i was only halfway through the story and when we're reading a story when we're hearing the story of somebody else usually we see the latest chapter, right? So we go back and hear the story of chapters before. What I'm saying is, oftentimes we we can't quit just because we might think that our story doesn't matter because it, it sucks right now, because it's ugly right now, because we feel like we're failing or blowing it. Or I was talking to someone the other day who was who was just being mistreated by their by their by the company, right, that they work for, and um, you can't. In a book, what I'm trying to say is, in a book, you know there's more chapters coming. You know the resolution is coming because it's a story. And you know there's no way they're going to leave the story hanging like that. They're going to resolve it. Okay. Every movie, every story, every book resolves at some point. And we can't, just because the current chapter we're in might suck, doesn't mean that the story, in other words, what I'm saying is your story isn't finished. Don't evaluate your story by the chapter that you're currently in or say that your story doesn't matter because the chapter you're in kind of sucks. That chapter is just one chapter of hundreds, right? In our lifetime, of maybe thousands in our lifetime. Don't evaluate your story or the value of your story. Don't evaluate or or, or evaluate. I'm I'm thinking of a Joe, of a Joe wordism (laughs) right there. But don't evaluate your story or determine what your value is of your story because of the current chapter that you are in.
0: Yeah. That's a great reminder. Yeah. That we have, we, here's what I like to say is that our past is the roadmap that shows how we got here. And that, that is our story. And we can go back and pick out highs and lows, victories and defeats, you know, times of great joy and times of great sorrow, but all of those have woven together in a very unique way that has brought us to this point. Um, but I think a lot of times people think that, as you said, either that this point is the end, which of course is not true, or that somehow our path determines where we go from here. And it doesn't have to, it can if we allow it to, but our past really is all of the things that have brought us to this point. But we now we have in this moment, all of that experience, all of that wisdom, all of that um perspective that we didn't have before that we can use now to make better choices to choose to do something different to to break out of a rut to try something new to believe that anything is possible right and it really is a matter of belief that that the past brought me to this point but it doesn't determine where I go from here unless I allow it to and that's like every epic story uh i, I think it's in it's very um obvious and very uh, it's taught in screenwriting that the more compelling stories are the ones where the stakes get higher and higher, where there's more to lose, where it gets mm-hmm. darker. It's more difficult. There's mm-hmm. more challenges to overcome where it seems like all is lost. Those are the stories that we really get sucked into. Cause like, what are they going to do next? How are they going to get out of this situation? And you know, you get them up in the tree and then you cut the limb off and you make it seem almost impossible. And when, when the person, when the, 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 hero of the story, the main character finds it within them to overcome, to find a way, teams up with people whatever they do and you see the story unfold and you can cheer on, you know, the hero or the heroes not because they had superpowers, but because they didn't quit. They didn't right. give up and they just kept going and figured out figured it out along the way based on everything that they brought into the present yeah. not just themselves but with those that they teamed up with and and that's a again a, a reminder to me that my story is unfolding it is my story and I'm the main character in my story but I have a cast of characters like you with my friends my family acquaintances people that have people that have been in my life for years and people that just come and go that all play a role in right. my story and that help me get through whatever I'm getting through because they bring a different perspective a resource and energy uh, and a word of encouragement, whatever that might be. Uh, and so it's, it's this epic story continues to unfold. And if it seems like all hope is lost, that actually makes for a really compelling story when you get to the other side.
1: Yeah, right. And we, we all love the story where the little guy makes it, right, where the little guy goes through it, and we cheer that because we can relate to that you know, and it's easy to cheer because we know if the movie's about somebody, then obviously they have a story, right? Because there's a movie about them. A book was written about them. So the book is highlighting them. Well, truth is every one of us could have a movie made about our life. Hollywood could show up in our life and find something in every one of us that would be worth putting on the screen. Whether we believe it or not, it's the truth. The point I'm trying to make here is if we can cheer other people on, when it's our story, someone else is going to be cheering us on. They're going to be saying, don't quit. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about all the people that have died and gone before us and it calls them witnesses, right? They, they witness what we're doing right now. They're cheering us on, right? Your grandparents, your parents, your children, maybe if you had some children pass before you or friends or whatever, uncles, or, you know, they're, I believe they're cheering us on saying don't quit. And we love that whole feel. Well, if, Others would cheer us on if it was our story, right? And we can cheer others on. I think what really matters is that if I can cheer you on, Joe, and your story, and I do, when you're down and I know about it, I cheer you on, right? You do, absolutely. When I'm down, you do the same thing for me. In fact, I'm smart enough to know that when I'm down, you're one of the people I call because I know you'll breathe life into me. The point I'm trying to make is if we can cheer other people on, why can't we cheer ourselves on? We need to cheer ourselves on. We need to tell ourselves. And that's what Kobe Bryant did. That's what Michael Jordan did. All these people that have a story now because the media has highlighted them, right? Or they've done something heroic. Every one of them cheered themselves on. That's what it means to be persistent. That's what it means to not quit. You have to say, don't give up. And so like when we're watching the movie and we're seeing a person, we're going, man, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. And and in the book that I'm, that I'm reading, right? At one point I'm like, don't you dare. I'm talking out loud. As, <laughs> I'm like, don't you dare follow that. Don't you dare go down that path, right? Well, I need to tell myself that stuff. Don't you dare make a decision to do that, Steve. Don't you dare quit. Don't you? So I think it's important that we cheer ourselves on in our own stories. That's what causes us to not quit and helps us to get to the end, to the chapters that that really bring resolution and the value to our life.
0: I love what you're, what you're saying here Steve and um several things are going through my mind all all really good one is it can be very helpful um to write some of this stuff down right not everybody's a journaler and so it might not this might not work for everyone uh but I do know that in the times when I have uh, been able to express through either writing or through talking uh what I'm going through whether it's fabulous or or awful um, even if I'm alone, something about getting it out of my head is very helpful to give me clarity and perspective. Yeah. And as you said, oftentimes there is someone in your life who, if you're willing and courageous enough, to share your story with them—not just the highlights, not just the, you know, the fake, fake book stuff, but uh, and the filtered stuff, yeah. but the actual the the struggles and the questions and the problems. Then I've found there are so many people that they think they're so honored that they want to be a part of the story. And how can I help you, even if it's just listening? And so uh, I want to jump back a little bit how we talked about, you know, the 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 false narrative of celebrity that somehow celebrity is more valuable than, right. than anybody else's story. And two people come to mind. One is my Aunt Shirley, my great Aunt Shirley. Uh, she died at age 104 and she was very quiet. Uh, she was very, she was one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. Just a a wholesome, loving person that never wanted attention, never wanted credit, but was always there to support people, to encourage them, to, um, tell them how much they're loved. She was a fifth grade teacher and, for like 30 something years. And so all many of these people, you know, surfaced when my, my aunt Shirley passed away to say what an impact that their fifth grade teacher had on their life, just because she saw them, she believed in them, she encouraged them, she taught them, right? Not from a place of uh, celebrity, but just from a place of simplicity, simple love is power, powerful. Right. And so, so my aunt Shirley was a hero to many people Not because she had a better story, but because she lived her story well. And another person that comes to mind is is my father. And there was a a place in his life uh, before I was born where he had a chance to try out for Major League Baseball team. He and one of his buddies were um, called to a tryout. And not long before the tryout came, uh, my dad found out that his wife, my mom, was pregnant. And so uh he just decided that wouldn't be a great life right for his family and made the decision not to go to the tryouts and i asked my dad once you know do you have any regrets do you wonder what it would have been like you know had you made it to the big leagues cuz his buddy you who know, they were about the same age and the same talent level made it and played for the big leagues and made it to the world series he says he says no i i did what i needed to do to take care of my family and i don't i can't look back and say what if and i wish and my dad has never wanted or needed t- attention either he didn't want the celebrity status he just wanted to be, have to have the opportunity to work hard to take care of his family to show them that he loved them and he has lived as a result he's lived a remarkable life with some amazing stories along the way as we all have and if you get him to talk about it you're like are you kidding me in fact uh, it was probably Two summers ago, three summers ago, I was back in Montana with my dad and uh, my siblings were there. And so we just sat around and I recorded a bunch of stories of my dad talking about things that happened in his childhood and in his teenage years and things that many of us had heard maybe or forgotten. But you put these all together and my dad, who's never wants to be a celebrity, nor will he be, just like the rest of us, lived through epic times, up and downs, all arounds and that that story is our life that weaves together all the different experiences and it is it, it's incredible it is invaluable and yeah. to for us to see that you know we don't have to be known by the world to be absolutely invaluable to the people that we love and that who love us
1: it's so good and i and when we see ourselves as not only are we the main character in our story but we're also, I mean, what you were talking about earlier, I, I love it because we also need to see ourselves that, that we're, what, well, I don't know you call it, you know, a uh, co-star or- Supporting um, roles. Supporting right? roles. Yeah. That's what you said before. That's it. Whereas we have to see ourselves as a supporting role in all these other people's stories, you know, as well. And you think about your your life, your story matters. Your life matters. And reason I would say that, because I still believe that there's- people out there that struggle and think, nah, not really, not really. I don't really, I know what you're saying all makes sense with your words, but I don't really believe that. But how many times has somebody done something that you, maybe even just a stranger did something that really, it changed your life. It changed your attitude. It, it made you feel better. Or, you know, I had a, I had some teachers that just poured their life into my kids and it meant so much to me. I am so grateful of them. I have people in my life that some, I don't really even know, but I can, I remember the, the guy who walked past me, I had no idea who he was. And he looked right at me and said, I love you as he walked past me. And I was go, I was talking about, I was going through something at that time and it, it changed my life. It changed me. Does he know it? No, I never went and told him. I went back looking for him. I couldn't find him. All those teachers that changed my my boy's life, I didn't get a chance to tell every one of them what a difference that they made. The person that bought your coffee, you know, in the car in front of you, you didn't get a chance to tell them thank you. What I'm trying to say is that if all these people that have made a difference, that have helped you, that have blessed you, that have changed you, that have made your day, that have helped you not to quit, think of how many people that you didn't let them know that, Right. Well, that is going on in your life as well. You are making a difference in other people's lives it, it, you know it's nice when someone tells us that, then we can believe it. But of all the things that we do to change, I bet you we probably hear it maybe five percent of the time right when someone will actually say, "Hey, that really changed me. Thank you." Usually people will smile or oh, this whatever, but what I'm saying is is that we're when we're playing the supporting roles, we are making a difference. we are making a difference and for me, it's way easier to be a supporting role than the main role. It's way easier mm-hmm. for me to try to make Joe McCarthy better. It's easy for me to sit back and go, Joe's awesome. What can we do? I remember when I was like, you came to me like, let's let's get you online, Joe, because you need to be online. Your story needs to be shared. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. Well, hundred percent. You know, when I worry about myself, it's it's kind of uh, you know I'm worried about am I going to make it? Am I going to this or that? Right. Well, it's a lot easier for me just to find somebody else and make them a hero of their story. And that's what ends up making us the hero of our story, right? Make someone happy and you'll be happy too,
0: as Jimmy mm-hmm. Drancy you know, would say. Hey. Well, to, to go back to the Kobe interview with Lewis House, it was really interesting to hear Kobe and the parallels with other greats talk about how when he entered the league, the NBA, um, he really needed to you know, assert his power and to be the guy and to, to prove that he was great and to rise to the level of stardom. And it was really all about him asserting himself. Yeah. But then after he'd been in the league for a while, and I think even after perhaps the first championship, I don't remember the exact timing. He said, there's a a shift that happens in your career where you realize this isn't sustainable and it can't be all about me. Not only is it a team sport, But the 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 real value, he says, the real the real in fact, he said the real measure of greatness isn't how great you become, but how you bring out the greatness in others. This is Kobe Bryant, you know, considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And I I loved that. Say that again, Richard.
1: I want to type that up. That is so good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Was this a direct
1: quote from Kobe? Or I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that is way too good. Say that again. I won't say
0: it's I won't say it's word for word, but what Kobe was saying to Lewis House was that the true measure of greatness isn't how great you become. It's how much greatness you draw out of others, how you help others become great. They're, you know, uh, how you help others realize their own greatness. And he talked a lot about, uh, you know, later in his life. So at, at first he was selfish and he wanted to take over the game and he wanted to take the shots. He wanted to be the guy and he had the powers to do that. He had the um, ability to do that, but it was through the mentoring and the coaching and the maturity and just this shift in life at at some point where you realize you know what true greatness isn't all about becoming great; it's about bringing the greatness out of others. And so then he started mentoring and coaching the other players and helping them see where they could improve and helping them understand that. If we're going to win as a team if we're going to meet our goals it can't be each one for themselves it's right. got to be all for one and one for all right it is a life is it's a team sport that was that was the next sentence i was just going to say yep yeah. that's
1: it it is we're not meant to do this on our own we're not supposed to be superstars and it's funny too because you know, all these people start, they go to Hollywood or they start in the NBA or they want to make it big time, right? And they strive so hard, like Kobe in the beginning, to dominate, to let everyone, I want people to know who I am. I want to make a difference in this world, right? But then when you look at the stars now, whether they're superstars or all-stars or movie stars, whatever, right? Now what would those movie stars want more than anything else? They want to be unnoticed. They want to be anonymous. They want to be able to go out in public and not have everyone, oh, you know, stay their name or come after them. They, they want to marry somebody who doesn't know that they're famous because they love them for who they are. Right. And so it's funny because we spend so much of our time wanting to become in the, the, the hero of our story, wanting to become famous, wanting to become popular, but we should read the stories of other people that became that. And now they don't want to be popular. They don't want to be famous anymore. They want to make other people great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's that's a, a, a kind of a natural progression. Part of our evolution, perhaps in our individual story, is, is you know when we're in our early 20s, late teens, early 20s, we really are trying to make our mark on the world, figure out who we are, and how can I stand out, and all those type of things. And I love the fact that that you mentioned earlier, Steve, that we weren't made to to blend in; we were made to stand out. And there's something inside of all of us that. Trying to figure out where can I stand up, where can I contribute, where can I be, you know, a a productive member of the team. Uh, But there is a shift then over time. I think it's a fairly natural where instead of pursuing success, then we start to pursue significance, and we get significance. Right, significance doesn't come from being the guy or the the girl. The significance becomes through what am I going to leave behind? It becomes a, a, a focus on legacy, right? How do I, how do I draw the greatness out of others so that when I'm not in the limelight, when I'm not uh, in the forefront, when I'm not the leader, when I'm, uh, when I'm not at the height of my prowess, whatever that may be, I have multiplied and brought out the best, reproduced right that greatness in others, and then the ripple effect occurs where. What I've done and then what you've done and or the idea of lighting the match, you know, the candle. My candle, if I pass it on to you and you pass it on to others, eventually the whole room gets lit. Yeah. Not because I kept it to myself, but because I was wanting and willing to share that so I can to light up as well. And there's something very fulfilling, very purposeful about that. And something else I'd like to
1: – I've been thinking about as we've been talking is – and then I keep forgetting it and then it comes back and then I forget about it. Um, and then it comes back and now it's back. So I want to talk about it. But, right. you know, when you do a movie about somebody, even if it's a docu-series or a documentary for somebody, how many hours does that last? Right. What if it was a, you know, a 12-part documentary? I mean, it could last how many hours? But that's taking their entire life and putting it down into 20 chapters. Their entire life and putting it into a three-hour movie. Adding the music in the background, adding the stars, all that type of stuff. Right. But the majority of our life is simply simplicity. The majority of our life is, I don't know, you could call it the mundane. It doesn't have to be mundane, though. If we can learn to live in the moment and realize, wait a minute, this moment that I'm in, I mean, the fact, I can do this. Look, I can do this with my fingers. There's some people that can't, right? Right. I can do this with my, the very fact that I can feel the air, the very fact that I can pick what clothes I got to wear today, or the the very fact that I can do this live with you. There's no thing that's insignificant. It's our mentality that makes it insignificant. But our life is full of a lot of things that are just regular, everyday things that every once in a while, this big event pops up and we look like a hero, or this big event pops up and we do something for somebody. Life is full of those small moments, Okay. Most of life is full of those small moments. And I think we tend to judge our life by the big moments. I don't know, man. I think we should judge our life by what we do in the small moments. And I think that that's character and integrity right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've said this before, but Mother Teresa is famously quoted as saying, not all of us will do, quote, unquote, great things, but we can all do small things with great love. And that reminds me of what you just said and the Mother Teresa quote is that the number of names that show up in the history books, right, is such a tiny percentage of the number of people that have lived, that have had their own story, their own life, and I don't know why that we've been conditioned to think that our life only matters if we showed up in the history books, right? right? That's right. That's it's not that's not even uh, statistically likely, but it, that's not a measure of our the The value of our life, right? And and the other point that you just made that I love as well is that oftentimes we think that life is supposed to be some great event, but every moment, right, leads up to, or every great year is made out of great months, which are made out of great days, which are out of made of great uh, hours, minutes, seconds. And it's a matter of understanding, as you said, and appreciating that I have breath in my lungs, I have an opportunity to to work, to have my family, to do whatever it is that is my story, that that I've been given the privilege, the blessing, right, of living my life. And if I can learn to both recognize that and appreciate it and live with gratitude the breath that I have and the life that I've been given rather than comparing it to some of the tiny percentage of people that made it into the history right. books, then it's a, such a healthier way right. to evaluate. You know what they – they didn't get to live my life. I didn't get to live theirs. And quite honestly, most people would say when we have this feeling like we wish we had somebody else's life, we don't know all the stuff that went into that. We don't know the the pain and the sorrow and the all the stuff that they had to endure to do whatever they did. But that's that's not our story. Our story is ours and ours alone, and that makes it highly right, highly what did we talk about. We talk it, it's highly rare, which makes it highly valuable so so understanding how what a privilege is to be alive and that i get to be me i don't have to be somebody else i get to be me
1: and the people that quote unquote make it right the people that become famous the people that we go we compare ourselves to said i wish i had their story listen when i was in high school i was an old school nerd right uh, that was before nerds were cool. That was when bullying was in, right? That was when I was a kid that got beat up, that got picked on, that got made fun of and went home and just, luckily there was no social media because it would have destroyed me. I could leave it at the school when I was done, right? But I, I lived that life where I was the bottom of the food chain, for lack of a better term, right? Then I went to college and I met a lot of friends. And I met a lot of friends that were very popular in school they were the athletes, they were the ones that everybody knew, they were the ones that were the president of this or the president of that. And I, I, they were at the top of the food chain. And you know what, nothing changed. The the people at the top of the food chain felt just as insecure as the ones at the bottom of the food chain. Only sometimes it's more difficult on the top of the food chain, because you got everyone clawing at you for we want to Oftentimes we climb on the back of others to feel better. Like if someone is more popular or more famous or makes more money than us, it's easy for us to cut them down so we can feel better about ourselves. When I was on the bottom of the food chain, no one cared. About, I was already there, and I knew I was there, so it wasn't like no one was. But when you're when you move farther up and you want to keep the popularity, you want to keep the uh, the success, you want to keep the you know the fame or whatever. Now you got everybody clawing at you, and so we we tend to think. If my story were their story, then I'd be happy. Then I'd have money. Then I'd be happy. I'd have that relationship. Then I'd be happy. I'd feel I'd feel better about myself. But truth is, no, no, you won't, because that's not what brings happiness. That's not what brings contentment. That's not what brings peace and inner. It's, it's not that stuff. And I think when we want to compare ourselves, you said it so well earlier when you said something along the lines of, we compare ourselves to other people's story, but we don't know their story. And if we would just take some time and look at their story, go, why am I pursuing so hard to go after their story? They've got issues just like me. It's just way easier for me to live my life, my story, let them live their life and their story. And together we can have this great series of novels on this library shelf called The Life That We're In Right Now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the whole comparison and judgment thing is such a killer. Oh, so you know, it, whenever I whenever I get caught up into that, you know, that if I had someone else's life, my life would be better, it'd be happier, it would be yeah. blah, 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 which is, again, a false narrative, uh, it's false analytics, yeah. and and we don't know what they've gone through, of course. But I, I think um, I want to get to this place, and I'm really striving to when someone else does something great, when they accomplish something, when they succeed, when they get accolades or whatever it is, not to wish I was them, but to be happy for them, right? To be so amazed at at the Kobe Bryants and what they accomplished. And I I didn't have his life growing up, and I don't know that I would have done with my life what he did. Who knows? There's no way to know that. But rather than saying, I wish I had Kobe Bryant's life, say, man, how cool is it that another human being – who was born as a baby, just like me, took the events and the experiences and the support system and the knowledge and the learning right. and the wisdom and applied it in a way to accomplish something wonderful. And I to applaud that, to celebrate it, yeah. and, yes. and then to be encouraged that, okay, my story isn't supposed to be his, but how can I be encouraged to say, all right, let's take the resources that I've been given and the life that I've been given and how do I navigate that well? Right to the best of my ability with God on my side and my friends around me, right? Creating a life that is supposed to be mine, not somebody else's. And I'm glad you said that because I think
1: that to take it to the next step is I mean, to sit back and look at that person and go, like you said, celebrate them. Good for them. Way to go. That is so cool. They did that, right? Take it to the next level and say that. How cool is it that Kobe Bryant did that? How cool is it that Michael Jordan? How cool is it, Barack Obama? How cool is it, Joe McCarthy? How cool is, then we compare ourselves to the stories. We got to take it to the next level then and say, how cool is it I get to live my story? How cool is it I get to star in Steve Hayes' story? Because my story matters. Yeah, Because my life matters. And when I can celebrate my life, then I'm much more likely to celebrate their life, right? But when I don't celebrate their life, it's because I'm not celebrating mine. I'm comparing myself to them going, man, if I had their life, then I'd be happy. Man, if I had their life, then I'd be at peace. If I had their life, I wouldn't be struggling with this. And it's not true. (laughs) We all have struggles. we got to stop quantifying them, saying their struggles are less or more than than mine are. If I'm going to celebrate these other people's stories that have great stories, the Mother Teresa's, right, the Martin Luther King Jr.'s, I think we should celebrate their stories, and I think we should celebrate ours as well because we are heroes too. We are people that matter as well, and therefore our story matters as well. We are one of one, baby. You get to be the star of your story. You get to be the star of your show. Your story matters, and you are right smack dab in the middle of that. So celebrate yourself. Right, rejoice in yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not egotism, it's not okay. So, your life is meant to be celebrated, and if other people don't celebrate it, it doesn't matter. If you're not going to celebrate it, then why do we care about other people celebrating it? We need to celebrate our life first, and then when we celebrate our lives, it doesn't matter as much whether other people celebrate them or not, at least, you know, in my
0: opinion. Love that, Steve. And uh, I want to encourage people in the last few minutes that we have here to, uh, if you're not, for those of you who aren't easily, um, uh, who aren't wired to share your story very easily. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, My words got caught there for a second. But I think um, there is a narrative in some of our heads that says, one, nobody wants to hear my story, right? Right. Or that it's not going to be as good as somebody else's. And so I, I think what I wanted to say and back and piggybacking on what Steve O said is that the way we connect with each other isn't always at our greatest mom, moments or, and our strength. Or as uh, Brene Brown would say, how we connect the strongest is at our points of vulnerability and weakness. And so it's not just a matter of sharing the highlights of my story, the sizzle reel. You know the the best of, but yeah. the clankers, the the air yeah. balls, because yeah. quite honestly, I can relate to Stevo's story about uh, being in junior high or whatever grade that was, and not being the worst guy on the team, and he throws the ball up and it goes in. Because man, that's how I felt, right? And so it's that connection we we are making a connection not on our points of impervious strength and power and victory, but in our points of weakness and struggle and and trying to figure things out and questions. That's really where relationships yeah. connect. That's where humans yeah. connect. That's where we build strong relationships. And all of that to say, I'm encouraging you and me and anybody who tunes in to not be afraid of sharing your story, the struggles and the victories. Not And this doesn't have to be on social media. I'm talking about right. in, real, in real life, in the connections that we make. It is in being able to tell your story, what you're going through being open and honest and vulnerable that others, right. Can connect with you and relate. And in those connections, right. We build what's the most important thing in our lives anyway, and that's our connections with others. So I I would just want to encourage anybody and everybody to, to be willing to at least try to share the reality that you're going through the story that you're going through, because others then can see you and connect with you and relate to you and you build really amazing friendships.
1: Well said, Joe. Well said. In fact, that's one of my pet peeves is when people don't share their failures, their clunkers there. And so we only think that they have, you know, the, the problem with social media is that we, we delete the 14 other photos and we keep the one that, that puts us in the best light, right? I, you know, if someone acts like they're, you know, they get your act together. Oftentimes that's all it is, is an act. If, they, if it looks like they have their act together, it's usually an act right? We get so comforted when we realize somebody else has clunkers too. I'm more inspired. Like when you told that story about Kobe Bryant, that inspired me more than the 60 point games that he would score, right? Knowing that, wait, he didn't score a point his entire 12, 12 year old season. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, we, I agree with you hundred percent, Joe share the clunkers. The clunkers are also important. That doesn't mean we go around and say, or right? right? And right. Just, oh, I'm a loser. No, oh, you have a clunker. We all have clunkers. And those are the things that, that make those make the best jokes. Those are the ones that make us laugh the most down the road, right? So don't yeah. just act like your act is together. Just be real and share your strengths, but share your weaknesses too. We all can share our weaknesses easy, right? Well, you know, your story matters and your story doesn't count. Well, I, that's wrong. I, I take that back. It doesn't matter as much if you don't share it right? Your story matters, but if you keep it inside and you don't share your story, even if it's a clunkers, if you don't share it, then nobody else knows about it except you. Your story matters, but it matters more to me when I know about it. If I don't know about your story, Joe, it matters to you, but it doesn't matter to me. And so when we say your story matters, share it with somebody so that it can matter to other people as well.
0: Right. Yeah. So, uh, just got a couple minutes here. Uh, as you were talking, I, I was thinking back to my my baseball, my little league baseball experience. And uh, when I the first year, when I got into the All Stars, I wasn't the uh, greatest player on the team of course and so i was resigned to right field which in little league is where the yeah. ball never goes yeah. and i'm out there in right field you know waiting for my, my turn <laughs> right and then then uh somebody hits one out into right field and it's going up over my head and i'm thinking oh this is my chance this is my chance to you know to shine to show yeah. that i'm i belong so i turn around and i'm tracking the ball over my head and i'm running full speed and i uh, got my glove out there like I'm going to make this epic catch. What I didn't realize because I wasn't looking down, I was looking up, is that I was running right at that chain link fence at full speed. And just before I was about to catch the ball, boom, right into the fence. And it threw me back onto the ground. And I was like kind of stars and what happened I because I just didn't see it coming. And to make matters worse, my shoelace got caught under the Chain link fence got knotted in it, so I couldn't even get up. I couldn't get my shoe off. I couldn't stand up. And the coaches are <laughs> yelling, get up. we got to oh. play. What, what's taking so long, McCarthy? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm stuck. <laughs> I can't get up. I can't get up. And a coach had to come out to right field and help oh me my get Lord. my shoe detached from the chain link fence so that I could rejoin the game. And I got to tell you, I was embarrassed. I was humiliated, Right. But I was doing my best to catch that ball and just didn't see it when the when the fence came and got me. And all that to say, I lived through that, and now you I do. laugh about it, right? And now I'm sharing it here in a public space to say, life sometimes when you're doing your best and you're going for it, and the chain link f- fence comes out of nowhere metaphorically, knock yeah. you on your can, and you're embarrassed, you're humiliated. I didn't quit. I didn't stop playing baseball. I played baseball all through college uh, at the college that you and I attended, uh, I could have quit. I could have been embarrassed. I could have said, you know, that's it because I made a mistake or because I because I had a, a bad play that that means I don't belong. But no, that's part of the human experience. And quite honestly, with perspective, we can go look back and tell those clunker stories. When we ran into the fence head on and got caught, our shoelaces got caught and a coach had to come get us out of the fence to say, hey, guess what? I'm human just like you. And then I, I could see the smile on your face. You're like, yeah, man, I can relate to you because you are me. <laughs> right? And that whole concept of the coach coming
1: out to get you unstuck. And we all have to have a coach in our life. We all have to have, and I'm not just talking about hiring a life coach. I'm talking about right. the people in your life that help you get unstuck. We, not, There comes time, like you said, when that fence comes out of nowhere, knocks us on our can and then grabs a hold of us and won't let go. But it's easy if someone else comes out and helps us. And that's what makes a story great. Are those? That's a supporting role. Your coach was a supporting role at that moment that he came all the way out to right field to give you personalized attention, which embarrassed you like crazy, right? But oh, yeah. that's what a coach does. And he came all the way out to help you get unstuck. And we all get stuck. We all get hit. We all run into the fence. We all have the fence pop up. I don't know, or right when we think we're going to make a big play, that happens, right? So don't be embarrassed when a coach comes out and gets you unstuck because coach got Joe unstuck. Coaches get us unstuck. Coaches get me unstuck. And so we all need those people in our life, those supporting roles that help us get unstuck. It it Life is a team sport. Right on.
0: Yep. uh, Our time is up, but I've really enjoyed this conversation a ton, as I always do, because I'm having it with my friend and we're talking about things that matter, making connections, uh, sharing embarrassing moments, which life is filled with those, is probably more of those than those shining moments, right? The one shining moment and the zillion Goofy ones. <laughs> right? That's yep. that's what life is like. Yep. But for those of, those important a zillion the zillion invisible ones or or non oh, yeah. you know non
1: important ones. But those are the ones that's when we live in those moments, then every moment matters. Every moment counts, and every moment is a part of our story.
0: That's right. Yep. Stories full of moments, uh, some highs, lows, and everything in between. That's what makes the ride. Really, really fun if if we embrace that. So thank you all for, for those that tuned in, for Steve O'Hays, for me, Joseph Mojo McCarthy. Just such a pleasure to spend some time with you. And, and I hope it's our prayer, both of ours, uh, that you will understand a little bit clearer how important you are because you are one of one. Your story is your story. It's nobody else's. And that makes it incredibly interesting and invaluable. And so share it. Share it with each other. Uh, be good to yourself, right? Be good to others. God bless you. We will talk to you again. Hey, let's let's finish
1: with this quote, Doctor oh, yeah. Seuss. Please. Today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is truer than you. So go be true to who you are.